Canto 11, chapter 20. Uh, excuse me, yeah, chapter 20. Uh, it is called Pure Devotional Service, but it really um, is about the stages of karma, jnana, and bhakti described here. Uh, so we are, we are up to text number uh, uh, 22. Uh, you may remember in the last class, uh, more uh, talking about the uh, bringing the mind under, under control, which is both for jnana and also for bhakti. Um, and uh, uh, text 21 started with the method of bringing the mind under control, the, the beginning of it, the beginning of mental control, uh, which gave the example of a horseman taming a horse, how you have to watch the horse and see how it works and observe it and then know how to kind of nudge your way and bring it under control, sometimes letting have its way for a while and then bringing it back and so on. We mentioned that... Uh, and the BBT, they imagine you, you're riding, you, you have the bridle on the horse and you're riding it and you're training it. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur uh, envisions that you have the bridle in hand and you're just watching the horse in the corral and then you put it on. But in any case, the idea of giving regard to the mind uh, and uh, inspecting it. In other words, one should, first of all, understand I'm not the mind. I've got this particular mind, and the mind has, so to speak, a mind of its own. And you have to get to know it and, and bring it under control. Recall that how Prabhupada says in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, we quoted the verses in, in the Bhagavad Gita and Prabhupada's commentary about the yoga system. Yoga is centered around the mind. And, and the whole thing is about bringing the mind under control. So that that's bhakti yoga as well as uh, astanga yoga and jnana yoga. So the, so the last verse, 21, was about the beginning of the, the beginning of control of the mind. Now uh, the next three verses uh, are described by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur as the method of complete control of the mind. So that's text 22, and so we'll start there with 22, where we are now. Um, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So 22 goes, Sarvabhavanam. <laughs> So this is translated, um, until one's mind is fixed in spiritual satisfaction, 
one should analytically study the temporary nature of all material objects, whether cosmic, earthly, or atomic. One should constantly observe the process of creation through the natural progressive function and the process of annihilation through the regressive function. It's not so complicated, actually. So, sankhyena uh, uh, sarvabhavanam. So, of all beings, that is to say, material elements, all existing things, not just uh, uh, it says here word for word for bhava, material elements, cosmic, earthly, and atomic, uh, sankhya, by analytical study. Uh, sankhya really means to number, enumerate. So the Sankhya philosophy enumerates the basic building blocks of the universe. And we've studied them. Uh, the, it's all there in the Bhagavatam about how creation takes place, uh, starting with Ahankara and then Ahankara in the three modes and then all the different 24 uh, elements of creation come out. Uh, this is when the universe is created. This evolves outward from subtle to gross, uh, from the Mahatattva, or really Pradhana. Pradhana is activated by the glance, glance of the Lord. It becomes energized and becomes the Mahatattva. Then it manifests in the three modes of nature, so then false ego appears and that manifests in the three modes of nature. And then from that, you, you get the, the gross elements, the subtle elements, the, uh, the mind, the intelligence, false ego. All, well, false ego is already there. Anyway, this is, we're not going to go through it all in this, uh, this, this class. But we should know this. Uh, if you don't have our chart, it's available for free. I'm asking. <laughs> We've all been uh, diagrammed nicely. Uh, so you should study the temporary nature of all material objects because they have a beginning and they have an end. And the beginning is they go out. That's creation, which is called here uh, anuloma, uh, progressive function. Anuloma means with the hair. I, if I take my hand and, and brush my, my hair forward, you know, it's smooth. If I brush my hair back, it, there's friction because it's against the, the, the grain of the hair. So, uh, so, so anuloma is this progressive function and patiloma aggressive when the creation is wound up. It reverses. It goes out, it goes in. Uh, and it says, you do this with bhava, with, with existence. Uh, uh, and apyayao, annihilation. Uh, uh, and so anudya, yet one should constantly observe uh, 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 this uh, until... Uh, how how long? Mano yavat prasidati until the mind is they call it here spiritually satisfied. Yeah. 
so uh, uh, and Banu Swami translates this in his comment, his Sridhar Swami commentary on this uh, canto. Unless the mind is peaceful, one should contemplate the creation and destruction of the material elements through evolution and devolution by analysis. It's a simpler translation of what it says. Uh, and so Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur is one who comments that after slightly controlling the mind, the method of complete control of the mind should be used. This is explained in three verses. So this is the first one. By analysis of the elements from Mahatattva to earth, one should meditate on the creation from Prakriti to earth, earth because it's the grossest element, uh-huh. and destruction from earth to Prakriti. So th- this is a meditation. And so one reads those parts of the Bhagavatam that are explained by Kapila Dave in the third canto, for example, in other places. It's there for contemplation so that one just begins to realize the temporary nature of all things. Uh, and uh, you understand that you, you, the seer, who are conscious of this, is different from the seen. So you begin to also understand your eternal nature because your mind participates in this, your intelligence participates in this, your false ego participates in this, but not you. That's different. It's not the, 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 the consciousness uh, is not part of the system. But consciousness exists. Try to deny it. Uh, you can't because who's denying it? Uh, so this is this is the the beginning of the method, uh, and then. Uh, so it's interesting for controlling the mind. You have to contemplate all reality. Uh, um, um. And then, uh, the the method of bhakti yoga, this is not its main reason, main method of controlling the mind. The main method is to focus it on Krishna. This is for the jnani, the yogi, or the yoga mishra bhakti. Nevertheless, it's helpful. for, for, For us, we go... With Lord Chaitanya, we go straight to contemplating uh, 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 transcendence, uh, and we are purified by the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. But nevertheless, this is in the Bhagavatam. It's also in the Bhagavad Gita, and uh, it helps. Uh, it's not your main thing, but it it helps. Uh, so then, twenty-three, viraktasya, purusha vedinaha, manascha jati, chintintasyanu chintaya. 
when a person is disgusted, so here's that key word, nirvina, uh, which Vishnu Chakravarti t- takes as a kind of, that's the, that disgust is the qualification for jnana. When a person is disgusted with the temporary illusory nature of this world and is thus detached from it, because nirvinasya viraktasya, virakti is detachment, uh, 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 his mind, guided by the instruction of the spiritual master, this is Utta Vedinaha, considers again and again the nature of this world and eventually gives up the false identification with matter. Uh, more literal translation, when a person, considering what has been said, Utta Vedinaha, here in the uh, BBT they translate it as guided by the instructions uh, of, the, of the spiritual master, but for Uddhava, who's hearing this from Krishna, yeah, what has been said by me and by other authorities, by the Bhagavatam, uh, for example, where all this is laid out. Uh, what, so this is what you consider, what you have been said. The whole discourse of Kapila Dev to Devahuti uh, about, about this. Uh, 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 when a person considering what has been said becomes disgusted with the world and detached from it by contemplating the subject with analysis, this, this is considers again and again the nature of this world, uh, 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 then he gives up the false identification of matter. His mind gives up its false identity with the body. This is called daryatmiyam. Uh, uh, from dur, meaning bad, the, the bad mentality, the, the mentality that I am this body and this mind. Uh, and he, this is by uh, this chititasya anuchintaya, constant analysis of that which is constipated. So I said again, this is not our primary method. Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada doesn't start us out this way. But remember, Kapila teaches the theistic Sankhya system. There's an atheistic Sankhya system, which just envisions in, in the world of the atheistic Sankhya, also Kapila, under the name Kapila. But that's what you, if you study a Hinduism course in the university, this will be given to you in Sankhya. There, there are the material elements uh, uh, which are eternally existing, uh, and, uh, but changing, and there are the, the jivas, the spiritual souls, and which eventually are isolating themselves from the, this, this effect uh, of matter on the jiva. And their ultimate goal, their liberation, is this kind of eternal self-sufficient isolation. But there is no source of the jiva given, no ultimate source of the material elements. They just go, you know, contract, expand, contract, expand, and this is going on. It leaves it at that. Uh, 
Krishna Chakravarti Thakur comments on Ukta Vedinaha of a person who has reviewed what has been spoken by authorities. And Dalar Atya, the dictionary just gives bad hearted wickedness, depravity, stuff like that. But so, so here it refers to this false identification, the begetting of material existence. So this contemplation, for the Sankhya people, it's the whole thing. That's what you contemplate, atheistic Sankhya. Uh, uh, now, so this is the uh, controlling, uh, remember we're all talking about controlling the mind. And then, uh, um, 24, again on this topic, Yamadi Bir Yogapati. Excuse me, I'm second. I forgot to look at the we did BBT purport on this and the other. Yeah, we've already covered it. Yamadi the uh Yogapatiya. excuse me. Yama Yamadi Bir Yogapataya. Anvikshi Anvikshiya ya. Chavid, excuse me, Anvik Shia Chavidyaya Mamacho Pashana Abhidirva Nanyaya Yogyam Smarin Mana. So the running translation here is through various, uh, the various disciplinary regulations and the purificatory processes, procedures of the yoga system through logic and spiritual education or through worship and adoration of me. So here's the where he starts putting bhakti into this. One should constantly engage his mind in remembering the personality of Godhead, the goal of yoga. No other means should be employed for this purpose. Well, uh, there's different ways to translate this because the the interesting word here, so yama, adibihi, yama, etc., really. Yama, niyama, asana, yoga patai, uh, on, by the procedures or the path of yoga. Uh, 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 and the, 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 the sort of direct a way of, of, well, we'll get to that. Okay, we'll just go through this one. Uh, by the process of the yoga session, Anviksha, Anviksha, it says, it means just what it says here, uh, analysis of elements. By analysis, meaning we've already talked about the analysis of the elements. So by this, 
analysis of the elements uh, than by um, uh, vidya, by spiritual knowledge. Uh, Mama archa upasanabhi va. Uh, through the worship and adoration of me, archa means basically deity worship, archana, and uh, upashana uh, means uh, contemplation or meditation. Uh, 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 va, see that's the va, or, or by this. Na anyai, and not by any other means. Uh, one should focus maret manaha, focus the mind on yogyam, uh, uh, the object of yoga. Literally, yogyam. That's what yoga is about. Uh, 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 and so they translate here, uh, belonging to yoga or something like that. You know. Now, uh, according to Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, comments on this, which Banu Swami follows his commentary when he translates it, uh, that yogyam is paramatma. In the BBT, Supreme Personality of Godhead, which is not Paramatma, it's Krishna. <laughs> so that that's a, a, a difference because because the the BBT translation naturally fits it into the context of, of his God, which was it happened after Vishnu Chakravarti and uh, uh, and uh, Vishnu Chakravarti just being a little more. Um, uh, uh, broader than than uh, uh, the BBT translation, uh, but so Baniswami says one should remember Paramatma by following the yamas and niyamas in Astanga Yoga, which is what this verse is saying. So it's really talking about a, a theistic yoga by analysis of elements, by knowledge, by worship of my form and not by any other methods. So Vishnu Chakravarti says in the, in the his commentary, one should concentrate on paramatma by analysis of elements. The word va, or, indicates one could follow any of these methods by one's choice, according to Sridhar Swami. Then he mentions the word va means cha, according to some. In other words, and. By these methods and no others, one should remember Paramatma. Uh, but the, the, the BBT uh, comments, the word va is significant in this verse, for it indicates that one engaged in the worship and adoration of the personality of Godhead need not trouble himself with the disciplinary, regulatory, and purificatory procedures of yoga nor with the grueling intricacies of Vedic studies and logic. Uh, Yogyam, 
Well, the most appropriate object of meditation, which is really the core meaning of that yogyam, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead as confirmed throughout Vedic literature. So again, they, they just cut to the highest level right away. One who directly takes to the worship of the Lord should not employ other methods for full dependence on the Lord is in itself the supreme process of perfection. Uh, but we should understand other things too. Uh, and uh, 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 by bhakti, you also come to appreciate all the aspects of the Lord. And why do we have the Bhagavatam? It explains all these different things because this is part of our education. Why do we have to understand how the world is created and how it ends? Because it's in the, in the Bhagavatam. So, uh, so it doesn't mean also that knowledge of these things should not be neglected. And, and uh, uh, and uh, and in the context, Krishna is explaining uh, this still about about uh, leading uh, up to bhakti. Um, because you can be a jnani without being an impersonalist. Uh, uh, for, for, like, like the four Kumaras. They were not impersonalists, but they were fixed on liberation and, and, uh, and, uh, and there's such a thing as Jnana Mishra Bhakti, Yoga Mishra Bhakti, Bhakti Mishra Jnana, and Bhakti Mishra Yoga. Yoga. That's already described in the second canto of the Bhagavatam. Now, so that's that's these are what's mentioned here as the idea of uh, controlling the mind. Uh, and um, so, so text, so text number uh, uh, now. There's this, uh, um, the next three: twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, and twenty-eight. At least to my mind, all kind of come together, sort of uh, uh, because. Uh, in text 26, uh, the theme is announced, which is observing the standards of piety and sin. Uh, remember, this started out about these things, about what is good and bad. And, and, and uh, uh, so, uh, so that belongs to the karma Kanda section. But actually, for, for the transcendentalists, according to the platform, so each platform has its own standards of good and bad. And, and this part is about that. Uh, according to your platform, there's, there, there's beneficial things that help you advance and things that don't help you. 
So you should observe the appropriate ones according to your practice and your level of advancement. That, that's, that is what is about. So now, uh, uh, in text 25, Shuddha Swami uh, says this is about a, uh, a, a gyani. Uh, and you can see, yadi kuryat pramadena, yogi, a yogi, this is the subject, the yogi. Yadi kuryat pramadena, yogi karma vigarhitam. Yoge naiva dadhed amho, nanyat tatra pradachana. Which, uh, if, this is a BBT translation, if because of momentary inattention, a yogi accidentally commits an abominable activity, then by the very practice of yoga, he should burn to ashes the sinful reactions without any time employing any other procedure. Uh, 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 so Swami, following uh, uh, Sridhar Swami, if because of inattention, a jnani, uh, momentary inattention, it says his pramada. The word is pramada. Uh, due to negligence in the word for word, pramada. Pramada is the offense of inattentiveness while chanting. The same word is being used, pramada. It literally means insanity. Uh, or also literally distraction. Uh, um, when you're when a person is is mentally ill, they are distracted. Also, they don't really see what is going on around them correctly. So it's also insanity and distraction. Uh, when when in Hamlet in Shakespeare's play is going crazy, he puts his hands and says, "Oh, this distracted globe." <laughs> Because if you hear voices, you're distracted and so on, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, uh, so this is pramada. He's using this word, which is translated as momentary inattention. Uh, uh, if because of, I'm reading Banuswami, if because of inattention or negligence, uh, a jnani accidentally commits an abominable activity, then by the very practice of jnana, he should burn to ashes the sinful reaction without employing any other procedure. In uh, other words, well, uh, I'll just read. I'll just read the purports. Uh, 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 the the BBT purport says the word yogena here indicates. Jnana yogena and bhaktya yogena. So both jnana yoga and bhakti yoga. Since these two transcendental systems have the power to burn sinful reactions to ashes. So really, both of these. You, in other words, you don't have to go perform a karma kanda atonement. Uh, 
It should be clearly understood that the word amhas, that's the word in this verse here, uh, uh, amha, is a word for sin. Uh, Amha. Uh, Otherwise it means anxiety, trouble, but it's... it's, uh, so maybe related to agha, as in agasura. Okay. Uh, that the word amhas, or sin, here refers to an accidental fall down against one's desires. You don't plot it out. You don't integrate it into your system of sadhana. You don't make an excuse. But it happens. You don't want it to happen. Right. And because they say here, premeditated exploitation of the mercy of the Lord can never be excused. In other words, committing sins on the strength of chanting. Oh, I'm chanting Hare Krishna, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'll go out, i have a few beers, uh, whatever, and then I'll chant some Hare Krishna and it'll be taken care of. doesn't work. Uh, Prabhupada remarks in the story of Ajamio that if he had calculatedly chanted the name of the Lord, he figured out, okay, I can commit sinful activities at the time of death, I remember Naraya, it wouldn't have worked. Right. Significantly, the Lord forbids any extraneous purificatory rites since the transcendental yoga systems are themselves the most purifying process, especially bhakti yoga. So because it's been known to happen, Prabhupada had one prominent god-brother who uh, understood that he had offended his spiritual master and he took like some kind of purificatory ritual involving uh, regular offerings to Lord Shiva to atone uh, for this. And Prabhupada, he got his way to go. If one gives up one's regular prescribed duties to perform a special ritual or penance, trying to purify a sinful reaction, then one will be guilty of the additional fault of giving up one's prescribed duties. So, because I've had people tell me that they've had some serious you know, difficulty or fall down. They want to come back to Krishna Khan. They don't come back because they've committed a sin. And so, so what do you want to do? No, this, this is the remedy. You should repent. You should be sorry. But again, you should take up the process. Because this is the platform of bhakti. Wow. One should pick oneself up from an accidental fall down and go on vigorously with one's prescribed duties in life without being unnecessarily discouraged. This will be spoken later on in this in this chapter without becoming discouraged. So this commentary here, this PBG purport, looks ahead to a a few verses ahead. One should certainly lament and feel ashamed. Don't just blow it off, you know. I'm a devotee, it doesn't matter so much. Uh, Or there will be no purification. So that has to be there. One should feel sorry and repentant. Uh, however, if one becomes overly depressed, 
at an accidental fall down, one will not have the enthusiasm to go on to perfection. I can't do it. It's impossible for me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he quotes Bhagavad Gita 930, where this is covered, Apichet su duracharo bhajate mamananyabhat sadureva samantavya samyag even if one commits the most abominable actions, if he is engaged in devotional service, he is to be considered saintly because he's properly situated. That is, if, if, you've, if you've taken up bhakti, you, shouldn't, you should follow those standards of bhakti. And the atonement for a sinful activity in bhakti is bhakti, not something else. Uh, so uh, they say the most important point is that one should be properly engaged in the devotional service of the Lord for then the Lord will excuse and purify an accidental fall down however one should however be most cautious to avoid uh, such an unhappy event now Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur has an interesting comment on uh, this verse 2, which is worth he's reading in he says I won't read the whole thing if this jnani, he's thinking uh, here of a jnani uh, if this jnani commits a sin he destroys the sin by practice of jnana yogena alone. According to Sridhar Swami, this also indicates chanting of the names of the Lord for the devotee. So, so Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, it's not, a little later on we switch to strict bhakti, but here it applies to both. And uh, he quotes this verse from Bhagavatam 615. This is often quoted by Prabhupada. Some persons who surrender to Krishna completely, and then there are then, there are some who surrender to Krishna completely destroys sins by pure bhakti, just as the sun destroys fog. This is nihara eva bhaskaraha, like as the sun destroys fog. And Prabhupada comments, this means completely without the chance of its coming back. Because this part of the Bhagavatam 6.1 is talking about atonement and how one atones. And so the, this atonement... Uh, And then, then uh, uh, bhakti is thorough and complete. It says here, like the sun destroys fog. By pure bhakti, it'll finally everything will go, and there won't be any chance of coming back. And then Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur uh, quotes eleven five forty two: One who has thus given up. I'm just reading the translation. All other engagements and has taken full shelter of the lotus feet 
of the Supreme Lord is very dear to the Lord. If such, a surrendered soul accidentally commits some sinful activity, the Supreme Lord, having great powers seated within everyone's heart, immediately takes away the reaction to such sin. That's how it happens. Krishna does it. Uh, Once you've really decided on the path of bhakti and made a commitment, if any impediments arise, if your commitment is sincere, then the Lord will take care. And then Vishwan Chakravarti remarks, others explain that the word yogi here indicates either the jnana yogi or bhakti yogi. Thus yogena, my yoga, will indicate either jnana or bhakti. So that's what the BBT does. So they, they are not looking just at Vishnu Chakravarti Thakura, but Sridhar Swami, for example, who he mentions as one of those people who say this applies to, uh, to both. Uh, and, uh, and then we have to stop here. Uh, but then, then the next verse lays down uh, this principle that that being being uh, following the rules and regulations that apply to your position, that's real piety and uh, real and sin. Remember the words guna and dosha. Uh, the the good thing is when you stay uh, adhere to the the, the 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 demands of your own position and don't neglect and the sin is to neglect those demands of your position so for a, for, a, for a bhakti or, or a jnani to take up some atonement which for a karmic would be very good for him would be for the bhakti bad bhakti a bad thing so we'll, 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 so we'll start off then uh, next time with text number uh 26, which is a verse of three lines rather than just uh, just two. So now uh, we will switch over um, to uh, the Q&A mode and, uh, so that people uh, who are in the phone class can uh, call in if they have any uh, comments. Okay, good. And people uh, who are anyone watching on Ustream can text in any comments or questions or additional elucidations. Make sure I have an item up on this. Okay. Anything? Not yet. I can ask a question while we wait here. Um, the whole idea about not not sitting on the strength of chanting the holy name, mm-hmm. and also not being depressed if, if mm-hmm. there's not perfection from the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, I find that when you get more into the subtle, like, like the example of oh, going out and drinking or mm-hmm. something like that, it's kind of like an obvious gross fall down mm-hmm. or something, you know. Um, but I find that the more subtle things are more difficult, like like 
when you're working more on your mind or, or, or elements like that, that it's not really saying like, oh, you think about, you know, your mind gets distracted one way for a moment, and then you think, okay, I'm sorry, Krishna, that I mm-hmm. haven't done that, and it never happens again. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's habits created in your life. Right. So how, to me, it seems like in those situations where habits that you're working on, that it's harder to not get depressed about it. Not in the sense of, that, oh, I'm a complete failure in other work, but just like, you know, trying to convey something to Krishna, like, okay, I, I, you know, hopefully this will never happen again. I'm not wanting this to happen again, but then it does. Yeah, well, you know, you just have to keep, yeah, the, the, the distraction of the mind yeah. and, and going to other things uh, uh, um, and committing different kinds of offenses and, and so on like that, even mentally. See, like if you commit a gross sin, uh, 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 there, there, uh, there's a reaction. In, in Kali Yuga, if you commit a sin mentally, uh, there's no reaction, karmic reaction from it, uh, because there, it would be hopeless. Right? But it used to be in previous ages that even if you did a, a mental but but uh, offenses are mental. A lot of the offenses, yeah. you know, they consider the chanting of Hare Krishna is one of the auspicious ritualistic acts. That's a mental thing. So those really count. And then then so then you really have to deal with your 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 mind. And uh, and uh, and in in a sense. Um, failing all the time. Uh, if that failing all the time should not, or the seeming to fail all the time, should not cause us to give up on the process of Krishna consciousness. Uh, when one is an advanced devotee, one thinks one offends all the time. One thinks that I have no hope. One thinks like that. But it's not discouraged at all because also that person thinks, I have the mercy of Krishna. I have the mercy of the advanced devotees. They have feelings for Krishna. They think, I'm not worthy of getting these feelings. But somehow or other, a scum like me got picked up by the great devotees and by the mercy of Lord Chaitanya. And so those feelings of, of, of failure or dis, of, of uh, of, uh, uh, of incapacity or uh, uh, become actually uh, gratitude toward Krishna and then are actually become positive. So they don't exactly go away. In fact, they get worse. <laughs> what does it mean to be like a blade of grass? How do, how do you think yourself? Yeah. But you, could, you think that even though I am all these bad things, I have the mercy of Krishna. So repentance in that context would be, I mean, an honest repentance would be to acknowledge... Yeah, you just completely acknowledge all your issues, but you all your also problems. also acknowledge the power of Krishna Yeah, Krishna Khan, it turns into gratitude to Krishna. It doesn't stop you from thinking about Krishna. And you, even if everybody else, you're, you know, some kind of great saint, you don't go around thinking, I'm a great saint. <laughs> 
good thing, all oh, these people are, so, these great devotees are so generous, they've accepted me as something nice, but <laughs> there's actually no reason to, but somehow Krishna, yeah, that's, that's, that's how advanced devotees think. And Prabhupada has expressed his mind in that way under a number of occasions. You know, there, there's, one, there's one one time he said that he spoke to the devotees, yeah, he, it was, I think it was the appearance or disappearance of a spiritual master or maybe Vyasa Puja, that's the time that he would tend to talk about himself. And he talks about how like he was such a total failure <laughs> his whole life and somehow or other he <laughs> His spiritual master saved him and gave him the opportunity. Because he said, yeah, I was a young man when I was told to preach in the West, but I was attached and all this other stuff. And now in my old age, I'm able to, my spiritual master has enabled me to do something to satisfy the order he gave me, you know. So many years ago, I'm finally doing something. And now just to help me out, he sent you American boys and girls just so I can, like that, you know. He gave all credit gave credit to two people, his spiritual master and his disciples. And that, that's how he honestly thinks. That's... Yeah. Uh, we have a question from Dinesh. He asks, in, in the science of realization, I read that if we keep on committing sins, what is the use of atonement? If it is the desire to commit simple action, if the desire to commit simple action is coming back to us again and again in different forms, we naturally tend to feel frustrated over a period of time with our endeavors. How should we continue? And I guess the second question is to continue by declaring war on your mind, which is, you know, the good news is you're a devotee, your mind is not. So you are tied to this mind. It's as though somebody's put you in a room with a really nasty roommate, and you can't get rid of them. And so now you've got you've you've got to you've got to understand. I'm not my mind. These sinful desires are there because from previous lives I've done many sinful things. Actually, I mean, if I was uh, if I was pure, I wouldn't even be here in this world, I would have, you know, gone back to Godhead. The fact that I'm here meant that, you know, and now I've got this mind, this testimony to my past sinful desires, and I'm going to chant Hare Krishna, and my mind's going to listen. So they will go away, and you just should be determined on this, and just don't quit. And our determination is proof to Krishna of our sincere interest. Because it's not us, we are not the ones who have finally purified the mind. We prayed in the Sringa days. Hridaye in the Sringa. When Lord Nishringa Dev appeared in my, my mind and destroyed my Hiranyakashi Poo like desires to enjoy in this world. That's who does it. How long is it going to take him? I don't know, but I will, I will just persevere whatever it takes. When Krishna comes, he comes. I'm not in a position to judge. So people say, why does he do it right away? Well, you know, that's above, the, the answer to that question is above our pay grade, as they say in the government, you know, higher up. 
Our point is to become humble. Because the, 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 the sinful activities are not ultimately the problem. It's a false ego. That 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 uh, that that has to be dissolved. Um, Dinesh has another question. He says, "Sinful desire arises both from contaminated heart and polluted mind, despite our continued practice of the process. How long does it take to get a safe position without such desires to commit sins?" That depends upon us. Uh, if it's taking a really... Prabhupada once said, how long does it take? He said it could be done in three, three seconds once surrenders to Krishna. So the other thing is, is to, about an analyzing your mind is look for our aversion to Krishna. Because we may have an aversion to Krishna. The idea of just being pious, for example, you believe in God and you're going to perform pious activities. Uh, uh, but you have an eye, any desire to enjoy. The desire to enjoy, I should understand, behind that desire to enjoy is hostility toward Krishna. Because I'm not acknowledging that Krishna is the only enjoyer. I want to think of myself as somehow co-enjoyer with Krishna or something like that, you know. I mean, we, 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 we should really, the whole thing is negligence of Krishna. And, and uh, we, 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 have, we also have to understand uh, our, our fallen condition. And, but it's really all because of a broken relationship with Krishna. That, and we have to cry to Krishna to restore that relationship because we've actually turned away from him. Uh, we wouldn't be in this material world if we hadn't. And therefore, we have to just beg him to accept us back and we have to be willing to wait hundreds of births, but we won't give up waiting and calling on Krishna. That, that we have to come to that attitude. That's the best I can do for today with that question. Gail has a question by phone. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Hi. Hi, Krishna. I think the volume's up all the way. Uh Um, Okay, go ahead. Yes, I'm, I'm referring to your response to, I believe it was the first question, and in that response... You were saying something about the fact that... Um, Speak a little louder, could you? Yes, you were saying that uh, in Kali Yuga, I think, we, um, are, we don't get reaction for... Um, mental sins. Yes, for sim- our sinful mental sins, you said, right? Right. Uh-huh. And... And so, to me, that means, like, if you just, in your mind, only, you know, if, if, you're, if your simple act does not go beyond the mind, then you don't give you actually, so you can desire, um, let, me, let me think of an example, like, uh, I wish, you know, I wish 
I mean, something, I know this is violent, but, you know, let's say you, you, you imagine someone getting stabbed because, you you know, out of envy, hatred, you know, but you mm-hmm. don't commit the act yourself, but you wish that that would happen to the person. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the thing is that um, material nature carries out all activities. You know, we are not actually doing anything anyway, whether, you know, something spiritual, spiritually motivated or, or materially motivated. You know, all of our desires are carried out by material nature, as I understand it. And so what really then is the difference between my desiring you know, to stab somebody even though I don't do it? Because since I'm not doing it anyway, even if I quote-unquote do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but there's a difference between between having a fantasy about killing somebody who got you so angry you're going to cut their throat and you just fantasize about cutting their throat and between wanting to see them their throat cut so badly that you actually do it yourself, you do it to people. Uh, in previous ages, the, you had the karmic reaction was the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in this age, the, that, that additional step of actually executing it uh, which is probably a difference of degree of rage, I suppose, and a degree of uh, uh, of uh, lust, or... lust or anger. Uh, but when it actually comes to actually performing the action, uh, then then only performing the action does it. There's some because there's something that inhibits people. You know, from wanting to harm somebody to actually doing it. There's an inhibition. So people don't usually suffer from your bad thoughts. Uh, otherwise, you know, the President of the United States would be dead already. <laughs> uh, or anybody probably in any position of, of anything would probably be dead because of the degree of envy that that, that accompanies that. So that, that, that that's that's... That's the difference, uh, and it's it's true in a sense. But you're saying the uh, difference is the the degree, the intensity is. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and the disregard of moral injunctions would be what can inhibit us. Sometimes all that inhibits is a fear of being caught. But sometimes what inhibits us is the fear it would be wrong to do. But in any case, you don't do it. And so it's 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 different mm-hmm. to think about causing harm to somebody, or and actually causing harm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you, Maharaj. Okay. You're welcome. Okay, Maharaj. Yes. I appreciate this. My humble obeisance. 
What is the role of confession in the process of atonement in bhakti yoga? Yeah, con- there is confession uh, in the sense that you're completely frank. At least we don't have the Catholic, you know, confessor to to uh, a priest. Although there may be some devotee you trust enough to talk to about, uh, uh, it, it can be done. But but. Uh, but the the real point is to acknowledge to yourself and also to uh, to Krishna these the your your own failures and things like that. Uh, the interesting, you know, originally in the Christian tradition, at least according to historians, confession was public. One had to confess to the whole community, uh, and for that reason, uh, people uh, waited until they were on the deathbed before they got baptized, their syndrome absolved, and would die before they commit any sins. Because even the atonement of public confession was so heavy, and so somehow it, it, it evolved into this confidential. Uh, confession to uh, a priest uh, uh, who is but the, the reason they do is is this is the confession so there's absolution so you're absolved of the reaction to the, the, the sin uh, uh, and uh, Uh, and, and that's what people, why people confess, so they'll be absolved. People have also confessed, you know, committed sins on the strength of confession also. I, I, had, I had Catholic friends when I was a kid who used to say, yeah, there's no problem, I can just go to church on Saturday and confess, you know. Uh, 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 so, so, and that's probably the way it is for most people. Uh, uh, it beco- becomes a little a little too easy uh, to be absolved. Uh, so the the real the real confession has to be done uh, in the same way. The, the state of contrition and that state of frankness. I mean, th- this idea of frankness or or saralata, Prabhupada calls it simplicity of not fooling yourself. Especially because the first person we fool is ourselves. There are lots of people who are extremely pious, go to confession, confess all their sins and everything else, but their real sin they think is a virtue. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's how inquisitions get, get started because the, 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 the sin gets tra- translated socially into a, a, a virtue. Uh, so that that's the the real the real uh, point of, of of being honest uh, with ourselves also. Kastuba from Cleveland asks, "Is sorry if I didn't come on to the tail end, but what were you saying about Lord Kapila? I just started reading that book and was curious. It's so useful." Oh well. I'm curious, it's still useful in this age. 
Lord, uh, the teaching, Lord Kapila uh, teaches Sankhya Yoga. But the, the teachings of Kapila uh, are theistic. Sankhya Yoga is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is theistic and it is done to bring one to the point of, of bhakti. Uh, and I just had mentioned that there's when you study Sankhya philosophy uh, in a university, what most people consider to be Sankhya as one of the, the, the six darshans, you know, one of the six orthodox Hindu systems. You know, they mean they, they accept the Vedas, they accept the authority of the Vedas, that's what it means to be your orthodox. But the, 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 there's a non-theistic Sankhya philosophy that's taught also by somebody named Kapila, uh, but the Prabhupada says the original Kapila we spoke to Devahuti the son of Devahuti Putra Kapila so you won't confuse him with the other one as a theistic Sankhya uh, and uh, it's done in such a way that it becomes uh, supportive of Bhakti and helpful Uh, we have another question from Gail on the phone. I'll turn the phone speaker this way. Hi, Krishna. Go ahead, Gail. Yes. Um, you said just, just now that um, they think that the real sin is a virtue. What, what was that real sin? Well, it may be different, uh, it may be different things. But... but uh, Oh, in the American South, people thought lynching black men was a virtue, for example. I mean, so many horrible things have been done in the name of piety. Yeah, yeah. The okay. Dharma Dwaja, they, they, they do their sins under the banner of Dharma. They, they have the banner of Dharma, but they're, they're doing something else. Like the World Trade Center. So that's just one more, that's one extreme e- example. Mm-hmm. But you'll find that the most vicious acts of human beings have usually been done under uh, the flag of some kind of purity or idealism or something like that. Okay. I, I, I just thought you were referring to a specific, one specific. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't thinking of a specific one. Okay. But, uh, you know, I mean, there was a horrible scandal in Ireland where these uh, homes for, for supposedly sinful young ladies, the Magdalens, were, were put in these, to work as slave labor in these laundries for, you know, just being considered to be too sexy or something. And they, they, their whole lives were destroyed and they become total abusive situation. And it was all done, you know, by nuns in the name of purifying people. Mm-hmm. So, especially if you want to be a pious person, the first person, you, the first thing you should be suspicious of is yourself. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. justifying our sins in the name of piety, you mean? Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Maharaj. Okay, you're welcome. Okay. Um, I have just a technical question. I don't think there's any other questions right now. Yeah. Um, in the front court to verse 25, well, actually, this is in the verse as well, but talking about Yana Yoga as a uh, as the power to burn simple reaction. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking of Vishwanath Chakravarti's commentary saying, in, in, in the first canto, saying how in Piyama Yoga and um, regular yoga systems, is actually the, a tinge of bhakti that's helping them make yeah. progress that's mm-hmm. actually being effective. That's right. Is it the same thing here? Is it the tinge yeah. of bhakti that's yeah. actually burning the simple Yeah, reaction? I would think so. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just remember that the people who, the, the Mayavad philosophy that's promulgated under the name of Jnana Yoga mm-hmm. is not the Jnana Yoga that's being talked about in the Srimad Bhagavatam. They're not Mayavadis in the Bhagavatam. Interesting. Yeah. So how do Mayavadi Jnana Yogis make it further? They don't. come back. <laughs> Unless there's some tinge of bhakti samarabha that allows, but the the, the trouble with 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 the, with the Mayavada, it's offensive to Krishna, mm-hmm. because they say Krishna is Maya. Mm-hmm. So you've committed an offense. Uh, that Krishna is an illusion. He's part of the illusory system. The illusory system is God creating a world. Mm-hmm. He's part of the illusion. That makes that makes a spiritual progress. And Bhakti Siddhanta says what Itakura says about the, the Mayavadis, that they take birth as stones or trees because of being so greedy. They want to become God. You know? mm-hmm. um, thank you. Okay. Um, Brother Bhushna, right? It's such an intriguing phenomenon when a desire that once was a focal point of one's consciousness one day becomes a non-issue. It literally feels like some strings have been cut or one is released from bondage to that desire. I'm wondering what it is that exactly happens inside. The Gita speaks about the principle of how the senses can be controlled only by better engagement. So does the desire ultimately get purified without being in fact replaced by a higher spiritual I think those, I think they, this, the, 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 it can only be Krishna that actually removes it, as far as I can see. Uh, and I, I think that usually it's transformed because the roots of all material desires are the perverted reflection of something spiritual. And the desire to be the enjoyer becomes converted into the desire to be enjoyed by Krishna and to put Krishna... It, 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 who is this? What is the center of enjoyment? It, it comes from being transferred from me to Krishna, uh, and that seems to be what happens. Uh, and uh, and we may notice first that a desire goes away, but what's also corresponding is the beginning of the the, the idea of just centering having our lives centered on the satisfaction of Krishna. Uh, and, and what we discovered is, is 
those desires will go away because we don't feel we need something for our happiness. Well, that can only be because our desires for happiness are somehow or other being taken care of. You may not be so aware of exactly how, but it'll become clear that, that, that this is the tangible sign of a connection with Krishna. Yeah, we, we are becoming, uh, uh, we don't need something. Uh, we, we found the original, and, and uh, what that original is will become clear and clear. Our, our first contact with Krishna may, may be uh, one aspect of Paramatma, or even, uh, even being situated in Sattva to some extent. People in Sattva are to some extent satisfied without having a lot of gross necessity uh, for things. So that there, there's a, you know, there, there's stages by which we become closer and closer to Krishna. But that sattva guna is a byproduct rather than a. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody in Kali even naturally situated in sattva guna anymore. Those people have disappeared almost entirely. There's no, because it requires a culture, you know, a whole culture in Satvaguna, like a real Brahminical family. You know. But there are the real Brahminical families in India, they don't, they study computer code and not the, the Vedas. <laughs> Maybe some, somewhere. <laughs> Okay. All right. So then we'll pick up again next uh, uh, with what, text number twenty-six, Canto Eleven, Chapter Twenty, Text Twenty-Six. Thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Bhagavatam ki jai.